0: You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts
1: with the coach, Mike Marks. How you doing, man? Doing good. I'm excited about the Super Bowl here. Yeah, Well, 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 let's go right to it. What excites you the most about this matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals? It's such an
0: even matchup to me, even though
1: the Rams
0: are so loaded, I guess you'd say, with talent. On both sides of the ball, they really are. But the Bengals yeah. just won't go away. You know they've. I think Chase in the in Burrow that connection is so dynamic and so unusual. It'll be very difficult to slow them down. You um, know, I think there's two factors in this game, Ron, that are probably unspoken to some extent. Like you and I talked about, and you made the comment about Higgins. Mm-hmm. He's the X factor. For, I think for them, for the Bengals. And then I think T Higgins, yeah. um, Yeah. And then I think Akers, Cam Akers is the uh, X factor for the Rams. I think those are the two guys that have a chance to make a huge difference in whether they win that game or not.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I'm just looking at some numbers here. And the number that jumps out to me the fastest is sacks. Uh, the, The Bengals offense, 30th in the NFL in terms of allowing sacks, meaning they take a lot of sacks, Burrow goes down a lot, and the Rams are third in the NFL in sacks. It's sacking people, sacking right. quarterbacks. So, you know, I look at it, I just don't know how they're going to block the Rams up front.
0: Well, I think one of the things that the Rams will do, uh, first of all, I think they'll they'll try to grind it out a little bit in terms of run the uh, ball, yeah, yeah. Put around the light. Those, those defensive ends are very light, and everybody's tried to do that. And the people have early in the season were very effective with it. You know, mm-hmm. the Rams have got a, a chance of going right with immediately a five man front, put Robinson yeah. in the group, you know, with those two outside ends. So they have five basically a five down look. They've done that before. The danger, of course, in that is, you know, is on the outside there mm-hmm. with uh, the wide receiver with Chase. So, Chase, yeah. but then the matchup there, of course, for the Rams is obvious. and you just move the corner with them, you know. And I think uh, that would be unique for the Rams. They would absolutely clobber that offensive line if they went five down. They just would. They're, the offensive line is not very
1: good. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, that'll be interesting. And like, you you made a point there. Uh, they they don't go away. The Bengals, I mean, I don't know how many games now. Okay, you know, they started off, went to – had the Raiders there at home, beat them, then went to Tennessee, and a lot of people figured, ah, you're not going to win this one. You know, this is – they're too good, and they've got Derrick Henry back. And, you know, they hung in there, they hung in there. And this team, I noticed, they can get behind, but they're comfortable playing from behind and coming back.
0: Doesn't seem to bother them, does it? And I think that's a great credit to the quarterback. I think that's one of the things that makes him exceptional. There's a lot of things, actually. But right yeah. now, including uh, Brady and, and uh, mm. Aaron Rodgers and all of them, I don't know of anybody else in the league that will stand in there better and make the throw and take the hit like he does. He, he yeah. is so dynamic under pressure. and In those games where he's come from behind, he's made these throws with guys hanging on him and just about gets splattered. And he gets the ball out so quickly. And he's such a good decision maker. I think um, he's hard to get to at the end of the game when he's really, you know, I think he just gets better as the game goes, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, right. Sacked the, more than any other quarterback in the NFL, or was tied for a second there toward the end of the season. Uh, so that, you know, you can't say he's not used to getting hit. So he's used to getting hit.
0: Yeah, he and, is. I, I just asking quarterback that's played at the Bengals, that's the last thing they do is, you know, <laughs> Bringing offensive alignment, but uh, I think the biggest thing too is, of course, the turnovers will always be a, a differential. You know, this always makes a big difference in these games. But yeah, I do think that it comes down to quarterback on quarterback, which one plays the best.
1: Yeah, uh, does it surprise you that the Rams are ranked 25th in the NFL in rushing, even though Cam Akers has come on strong here late? Uh, you know him along with Sony Michelle. Uh, but the Bengals defense very good at stopping the run. And they're fifth in the NFL. So this, good point. this could yeah. yeah, this could turn into which I sort of think there's a part of McVeigh that that likes this to say, okay, we couldn't run, let's throw the hell out of the ball.
0: That's no question. And he knows that by himself. He said so. I read an article was pretty interesting about a week ago. He, you know, about the referring to the 49er game mm-hmm. during the season. He went back like we said he would. He went back and reflected on why they lost. And he really felt like he got too greedy trying to get chunks when it wasn't necessary. Just move the chains. And of course, the third time in the playoffs when they played, and that's what he did. They're patient. They move the chains and then some of those balls to cup, all of a sudden he takes it and boom, he's gone to Beckham. And mm-hmm. you know, that's the way to me, that's what happens with really good teams with players like that. You get you have an ordinary pass play that turns into a big play just because of who they are and what they can do with the ball. And sometimes you don't have to create those big plays. It just happened with ordinary plays and good teams are like that.
1: This is pretty ironic. The two stats are flipped. Uh, The the Rams offense, 25th in rushing the Bengals defense, fifth in stopping the run but passing the Rams offense, fifth in passing the Bengals defense, 26. So to your point, Mike, yeah. McVeigh might be saying as much as he's trying to be patient. He might might be saying, "Hey, I got to get after this ranked twenty sixth Bengals pass defense."
0: I think you have to be careful with that. I really do, Ron, because that's when you have that's when you make mistakes. That's when you get your three and outs, and that's when you get turned balls turned over. And that's what's happened to them. They've gotten greedy, and you go one, two, three, kick, and all of a sudden you don't have. I think, I think you'll see in the first series with them, they'll be very patient, move the chains a seven or eight-minute drive and go all the way down. I think that's what they'll try to accomplish with that. And again, mm-hmm. Acres involved, I think, heavily in this game. If, he, if he'll if learn to protect that football, I think he's better than a good back. I think he can be exceptional.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mixon, Mixon has done a lot for him lately here, coming down the stretch. Numbers-wise, they don't really show it. The ranking's 23rd, and the Rams are, are pretty good at the rush now. They got better. Remember early in the year, Mike, they were – They were struggling against anyone who really tried to pound on them, but they got a little bit better later on. So I think that numbers. uh, The teams
0: that really run the ball well and make an attempt to stay with the running game, they've had a hard time with.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Like the 49ers, for instance, you know, they're so patient with it and those teams that, that will do that. they've worn them down, so to speak in the second Mm -hmm. half, Tennessee, those kinds of teams can, can do that to you. I think though what the Rams have done against a run the teams that want to run the ball against them, they've got into that five down kind of a look. And then they've changed some of the, the run stunts that you do, you know, the TTs and some of those things up front that you do to kind of, you know, create havoc for that offensive line. It doesn't take much to create havoc for that offensive line from Cincinnati. They're just not very good. Oh
1: boy. Yeah. And did they fix any parts of that? Remember last year you said, hey, come on, you're going to get this kid killed. And Burrow went out of the game 10th uh, tenth, tenth game of the season around week 10.
0: They're bad. They're they're better than they were a year ago. Arguably, they are better. But, you know, I think in the offseason here, getting ahead of ourselves here, I guess, but I think the premium for them is they've got to come out, whether it's in the free agency in the draft, they've got to get a bunch of offensive linemen <laughs> that can help them. Because this is – you have a – Future Hall of Fame receiver and quarterback here, and they've not had that. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And, and you have yeah. to, you know, for your team to be great and good in the future, you've got to protect him. You got to keep him standing up. And you know, fine, they got there this year and all that, and we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. But man, I tell you, you won't. You're not going to have very long if if you don't improve that offensive line.
1: Yeah, this is a case where the receiver, Jamar Chase, a quarterback, and they've lost a tight end. Yuzu, Azuma, Azuma, that's yeah. that's a big loss. That is a big that's a loss. case, and the run game. This is a case where those guys are, are 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 hiding the imperfections of the offensive line. I don't know if I've seen an offensive line this inconsistent get this far.
0: Well, <laughs> you didn't watch the Bears the NFC Championship game when I was there.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh you know, I, I did. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah back that when fun. Jay Cutler. Yeah, you yeah, were, you were yeah. coordinating that. Good, yeah, yeah right. good
0: thing Jay could run around pretty good because he's run for his life but
1: oh man yeah, this, I, I, this is a bad
0: offensive line uh, I think they're a good run block line I think they do a good job rushing the football and I think they have I, they really work hard at that and they're very good at it I really do I think the offensive yeah. line rushing football but here's what happens to a group like that when you get a black eye in the in the you know on tv in front of the whole nation like they did with those sacks You know, there's a a different attitude with that group inside. You know, there's a – it shakes you up pretty good, and you're not going to let that happen again, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're going to move on here in a second and talk about some other happenings around the league. Uh, But first, a couple things I noticed on the schedules. Uh, I'm looking at the Bengals' schedule, and, you know, everyone's – they can't stop talking about how this is a home game for the Rams and how wonderful this is and how lovely this is and yada, yada. It feels like I'm – Watching a movie, you know, some on Netflix. But I'm looking at the Bengals schedule, and the Bengals had a, a scheduling quirk here, glitch, if you if you will. They had three straight away games, and I look around. If you look around at other NFL schedules, Mike, there might be a couple teams here and there. It might be like two or three teams a year that'll have that. Not many, and I just wonder and they closed out, and they closed out the season with three of the last four on the road. Okay, so those three away games came earlier in the year, then they closed out three and last one. Does that help a team in a situation like this? It sure
0: does. Yeah, Sure it does. When you get used to playing on the road and you're winning, then traveling and playing on the road doesn't, doesn't mean much to you. I think the first week in the Super Bowl, they're back there, of course, in their own environment, and I think that helps them in their preparation for this game, and yeah. But when they come out here, everything's in. They'll have some practice work here this this next this week here. But I think they're used to it. You adjust to it. I think it's uh, a very good thing for them. Yeah, I think the there's Rams. a lot of things in their on their behalf that people don't realize. I think the fact that they are such a, an underdog, and nobody's talking about them winning this game, and the fact they are so good and they've done come from behind against good teams so many times. Uh, it's, you know, if you're that head coach, you're talking about no respect out of anybody. Nobody expects us to win. If you're playing with house money. Let's just go turn it loose kind of thing, you know?
1: Yeah. That's the feeling I get. I mean, I, the vibe is, ah, oh, well, this'll be a rollover. That's that's, a, you know, yeah, let's, let's watch uh burrow. He's good and chase, but yeah, no one expects the Rams to not win this game.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's kind of wrong, you know, because, uh, I think when this thing comes about, we'll see. But I think that uh, Cincinnati's got a heck of a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's going to be tough. Now, when you look at the
0: two rosters, you know the rosters for the for the Rams on both sides of the ball is an all star roster. Yeah. You know how that goes, but you know it just takes a couple of guys to make a play here and there. And the one thing the the they can do up front is they can rush the football at that offensive line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now look at this. Remember how uh, the Kansas City game started off? Well, when I mentioned it, it's Kansas City game, the Tennessee game for Cincinnati. Uh you know, those were games where at one point you said, nah, they they're they're gonna they're gonna be blown out of this thing. Why well, they, Can- they hang I thought in there? I thought Kansas
0: City, was, Kansas City was gonna put fifty on them after remember that? that yeah. But the when they didn't score at halftime, when they followed that thing up at halftime, I thought, you know, that always comes back to bite you it just does. You know, you get all the way down there, you screw it up there, you lose the clock, boom, you got no points.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's That's right.
0: They just keep coming at you.
1: That's right. That's right. All right, man, a couple uh, coaching changes here. We'll come back to wrap up a little more Super Bowl stuff here later, but a couple coaching changes here some make sense <clears throat> as always and some don't. So, let's uh let's go down this list here. Uh our producer Roy Hamilton was uh Adept enough, as he always is, to, to shoot me this list here of the up, most up-to-date changes. And I'm going to start with uh, the Chicago Bears. All right, Matt Eberfluss. He uh, was a Colts defensive coordinator, and he will be replacing Matt Nagy as head coach. Your thoughts on that one?
0: Well, I think it's good. I think they'll always have to have a defensive uh head hmm. coach there. You know, that's just what the family wants. They want. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, there's a, a theme that that family wants in how they play football. They want to play great defense. When I was there, run 80% of salary was on defense and offensively. They want to rush the football and, and maybe throw it a few times, but they want, and they leave the grass about that long in the stadium, you know, <laughs> and that's, and that's just what they want. And that that's their key to success in their mind. And it's not going to change.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that old NFC Central division. You, keep, you remember when that used to they be, keep, be the old NFC, right? Season. They
0: keep rerun the '85 season. They want you know, you mentioned '85 yeah. in Chicago, and everybody starts crying, you know. So
1: yeah, it's yeah. just
0: they want to go back and relive that. It just they're just not playing today's football.
1: They want to relive Mike Ditka and the yes. cigar and a couple f bombs at a, at a press conference, and that's <laughs> that's real. Heartland, yeah, Midwest, Buddy Ryan defense, American football, right? Buddy
0: right. Ryan D- McMahon threw maybe twenty passes a game, maybe, and they rushed the football. You know,
1: boy, Dad used to tell me some stories about the Bears when they'd play the Bears. where there'd be more cheap shotting going on, and crap going on. And back then, you know, life was a little simpler. Uh, you, you get cheap shotted, ref might see it. He, he'd say, "Shut up and get back and huddle." Okay, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Here's the
0: thing I know about cheap shots. So. That stuff's on film.
1: Oh, sure and is,
0: they, and everybody sees it. And there's a big time payback, buddy. There is. That, oh, it no. just happens. But that was don't his let point. Let that go. Yeah. No,
1: but that was his point, Mike. You know, the players handled everything. He talked about how his guys, huh? his guys, used to to cheap shot um, Mike Ditka, and Mike would never say anything. He said, "Oh, Mikey." Mikey would never say anything, but somewhere in that game, Mikey would get the guy back. <laughs> True. And there? It was. The rest yeah. of the
0: game, you're just waiting for that opportunity yeah. to take your shot, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, football. Boy, it made more sense to me in some ways. Anyways, uh, the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith. Boy, I, so walk me through this one. You bring David Cully in, and obviously you, you, you made him a replacement or a, a placeholder, and now he, he's out of the building unless he gets retained by Um, uh, and then you bring in Lovey Smith. Okay. You know, Lovey's. I, I don't. How, where's this going to go?
0: Nowhere. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, and I work. Uh, he he worked for me. I hired him as uh, coordinator in the league, and then I worked for him at Chicago. And he's really a wonderful man. But I think mm-hmm. uh, I think his staff, his weakness is his hiring of his staff. He's never had a real strong staff. Some uh, my year there, he had a real strong defensive staff. I'll uh, we'll just. Ha- I'm curious as to who he's going to hire. Uh, I think that's really important for him. I really thought Eric Bieniemy would have got that job. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a job. And that's not a knock on Lovey, but Lovey's got to do a better job of hiring around him than he did at Tampa and Illinois and those places. He's he's hired a lot of friends and things, and it just doesn't work out.
1: He, yeah, had a stint there in Illinois for a while. Uh, eight and eight, 64 years old. You know, you start to wonder probably around that time how many more chances you're, you're going to get. Now, remember, Lovey was on the staff there at, at Houston. You know, he was the assistant yeah, he, head coach and D's coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. So uh, I
0: think it's an, they always had that in their hand and they went through their interviews. And uh, I don't know how that thing fell apart so bad, but it did. And he's standing, he was the last guy standing, so to speak. So, and, he, and, and, and maybe I'll do He's a good guy and he's a good coach and all that stuff, but he's not hired well.
1: Yeah, and that's right. You said last man standing. I just wonder where this organization is going. You know, they they went through the Deshaun Watson thing, and maybe still going through it. Okay, so now they've brought in another coach, but this coach was on the staff uh, of the guy you just fired. What's the signal you're sending out to ticket holders? You know what you're doing. It's Yeah, and a lot of that sometimes, they'll, if they hire, especially if they
0: hire headhunters in the process.
1: Oh yeah, which it a, sounds like yes, they it may a have done.
0: Yeah, they may yeah, have done that. Good old in the end, man. they didn't have anybody. So it's yeah. it's people that don't know football making those decisions. And we've said, I guess it was weeks ago when we talked about the process. And whoever's making that decision has got to know enough football to know, you know, what it takes to get it done, so they can see it in the guy and the interview. And mm-hmm. and Lovey can Lovey certainly is a good head coach and will do a lot
1: of good things. He's a good guy and all that stuff, but. He just hasn't hired very well. Yeah. Well, here's one I like. This one makes a lot of sense to me. Doug Peterson, who's been out for a, a year or so, uh, he goes to Jacksonville. Now, now you got a real coach down there, a real NFL yeah. coach.
0: Yeah, and Doug will do a good job. I think that whole situation in Philadelphia, like I said, just got sideways, and there was a disconnect there between him and the front office, and that happens, and it's time to change, and this is good for him. I think he'll do a good job there.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of disconnects up there in Philly. Um, it's so, an easy place
0: to get disconnected.
1: Jeez, boy! He's, yeah, there has been. You know, with you know, Andy, he 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 left town. Then go wins a Super Bowl. So uh, Andy, Andy uh,
0: did more there than anybody's ever done
1: there. Oh, without question. And did without more with question.
0: less errors than probably
1: anybody in the league. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a strange deal because. Yeah, and we've talked about this many a time, but I still I'm not over the Nick Foles situation. I uh, I I don't know why you run him out of town. I and I know what they thought they had with Wentz, but I mean, just some other decisions that that are made just just very well. Here's about. the
0: problem: is those decisions weren't made by him. You know, when those directives are given to you. Oh yeah,
1: like, I know that wasn't wasn't Andy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so right. so what
0: happens is if you're not making those decisions that affect who plays and who doesn't play when that starts reaching in from the front office, then you've got no chance in that organization. It's just not going to end up good.
1: Yeah. It's coming from up top. Yeah. I didn't mean to, to, to insinuate that. That was Andy Reed. That's uh no, that's management all the way down for sure. So, uh, so he'll uh, he'll be down there, you know, he'll uh, he'll take over for urban Meyer. And uh, that was another disaster. Poor Daryl Bevel. He's, he's like the the national interim head coach I think it's two years <laughs> in a row. now he's been an interim, so he's getting good at that. <laughs> before yeah. He needs to be, a, a, he needs to get a job. That job. Yeah. He needs that. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll, 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 he's been to the big, big dance. He's a good play caller. So this could be interesting. Uh, Josh McDaniels, man, Josh, you know, remember Josh went to Denver years ago, years seems like forever ago as a head coach for like a year or two. And then he ran back to new England. He, he
0: was, he was not ready for it.
1: No, no. Then he so ran what, back to new England. Yeah.
0: So what he's just kind of an immature guy at the time. I remember he started off six and zero. and after they that, when yeah. that sixth game at home, he was doing laps around the field, shaking hands with the fans and stuff. It was, it was yeah. kind of strange. And from that point on, things went South for him. He lost like seven after that in a row or whatever it was. And, you know, the time spent with Belichick now should have really helped him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Moral of that story is don't don't do laps early in the season. Well, no, it's he just year. thought
0: they were win because of him. You know, he lost that. Wow. It's just very child, really immature, and that's where he was at the time. I I think then he was a coordinator at the Rams for a year and someplace else, and he just kind of bounced around a little bit, didn't have any success, and then he went back to the Patriots.
1: No, no, every not every Belichick. Disciple. None
0: of them ever goes
1: anywhere out. and does everything. None of you them. You know. Out, no. I mean, uh, my gosh. And I, I have to bring this up because it's it. Uh, we're talking Billichek Tree, Brian Flores. You know, Brian Flores went down there to Miami, put together two winning seasons, and then that dissolved, and and now he uh, files a a racial discrimination suit. And wow, I mean that 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 blew up in a hurry, and along with other. Uh, former Patriot assistants it never seemed to quite go. What was it? What was a guy? Oh, Mangini. Remember Mangini? Yeah. One that went to, to, to the Jets. And then he ended up diming on the Patriots about the whole filming thing. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. yeah
0: you just, you know, when you're with a, a situation like that, where the head coach is so strong and makes so many of the decisions involved, and they make very little contribution in, in some of the player stuff and whatnot, then, you know, they weren't paying attention when they were there, I think. They the weren't space. saying,
1: yeah, right, right. Or one guy clearly runs the show and everyone else. Well, runs. they didn't watch.
0: We didn't learn how this, they didn't watch and learn. They just felt like they had it. Yeah. Just like we should tell players all the time, Ron, and you, you can relate to this, you tell players, when you when you say, I got it and I got it, you don't have it, you're done.
1: No, three words words in football. I got it. I got it. Yeah. No, you don't have anything. Hmm. Well, we'll stand by on that. I won't (laughs) arrive. Right. So he's going out to, uh, going out to Vegas. I think he'll do a good job.
0: I think he's a different coach now than he was in his other opportunity. I think he'll do well out there.
1: So what happened to Rich Basaccia? I thought Rich Basaccia had earned the right to coach that team next year and two years after that i thought rich Basaccia had stepped in, in 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 the a hurricane a hurricane of just biblical proportions and did an outstanding job took the team to the playoffs and then what happened
0: i think mark davis happened i think what what he what he saw in mark was not he just didn't seem as uh the future he just felt like he could get better you know and the tension involved with having to hire a coach. That's, he likes that stuff. He likes being in the limelight, you know, do
1: do they look at him like a kind of a John Gruden a little on the younger. I mean, he may, he's not as young as he once was. He's a little older now, but did they look at him like that? I'm just trying to figure this out. Look at who at um, Josh McDaniel.
0: No, I don't think so. No, I, no, no, I don't, uh, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think
0: so. I think, uh, they want what they did up at the consistency and the discipline and all that stuff.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, right. They want that. Yeah. And the
0: system they want that. And they think he'll bring that to them.
1: Accountability. Yeah, yeah. From the time you get right, right. No, that's that's tricky because more guys are getting in trouble off the field there. And that's um, you know, they've had enough of that this year. So they've they've got to fix that. And that's a, that's gonna be a hard place to fix it, but it, it can be done.
0: Well, he's been there now so long that the way Belichick does things obviously he's got to rub off on him to some extent. Right. Right. And that's probably what they're looking for. You know, the Belichick type of discipline and you know, the, when you go to there, you know, they change you, you don't change them
1: kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Here's one. That's a little interesting. Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator. He uh, goes to Miami, replaces Flores. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure what to think about that. I don't, you know, nah, I don't either. I don't know anything about Mike. Uh, I don't know how much he was really involved with uh, play calling and putting together the offense. I really don't.
1: Yeah, he comes out of the uh, Mike Shanahan tree now from Washington back in the day. There, you know, with Nate LaFleur, Sean McVay, that whole group of guys. So that's that's one part of it. Uh, the question now is, can he c- communicate? with the quarterback, because apparently that was a problem. And now that surprised me, Mike, a little bit, because I had never heard that the quarterback had a problem like that. But apparently there's some kind of problem. Either it was Flores or it's the quarterback, right? Now Flores is gone, so now we're going to see who it really was.
0: Well, I think Flores is is a pretty strong personality. Yeah. And probably didn't – the quarterback – you know, coming out of college, it was probably a culture shock for him.
1: But wait a minute, Mike. He he went to school with maybe one of the strongest personalities in all of college football in Nick Saban.
0: Yes and no. Yes and no, though. It, it really uh, – he's the CEO of that team down there on a down-to-down basis and all that stuff. He's accountable to – it's just different in the league. The head coach is much more involved with, uh, with the players and, and what goes mm-hmm. on in, in, down there in uh, Alabama. Hey, coaching, it's about recruiting and and sending the team in the right direction, talking to the team and amping them up and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think with Miami, I think uh, you know, if you're an offensive coach as he is, there'll be a one on one relationship that he didn't have down in Alabama, certainly with the head coach. Yeah. because you know, yeah. it's an everyday deal. It's just like when I was coaching, Kurt and I would meet every day for two and a half hours in the morning, talk about the reads and stuff. So, and that's what happens. That's what you know, so you don't know how yeah. much he was, whether it was a head coach or whether it was him, how much and how much he's learned and if he's ready or not. You know, I just don't know.
1: Oh, man. Interesting. Have you heard anything about uh, Tonga Baloa being a, a problem in that vein?
0: I just don't think he's very good.
1: Interesting. I just don't yeah, it, think
0: he's very good. I just don't think he's good enough, Ron, um, to win with. I think he's a streaky guy, but ultimately, I just don't think he's good enough.
1: You know, and maybe Flores called him that. out on that. No, <laughs> yeah, he, and he knew that. That's why that. I benched
0: him. That's why I benched him. Yeah. He just didn't think he was good enough. And then he had yeah. to play him, and and he got on that run there at the end. Kind of proved him wrong to some extent. But I, I just ultimately don't think he's good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, Minnesota Vikings pick up Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell is going to coach in the Super Bowl here for the Rams as the O.C., uh that's uh Zimmer. You know, Zimmer lasted quite a while there, you know, from fourteen to tw- to twenty-one. I guess that's quite a while in these days in the NFL. But in the end, it's just they they couldn't they couldn't manage any consistency offensively. And he was a strong defensive guy, Zimmer was, but offensively, uh they had some weapons. I don't think losing uh digs and watching the Bills have success with that helped the cause either.
0: No, I I think so, though Zim. Definitely had his thumb on the offense. Yeah. I know enough about those guys and, and how, and just talking to some of the guys that have been there, he, there's some parameters that you, he wants you to work under, period. So he yeah. keeps you under an umbrella. That whole thing was just waiting to explode and break yeah. out offensively. And just, they just, they just couldn't, you know, it just, just couldn't get it done. And I think this is probably the best matchup of all the new hires. I think he'll have an immediate impact up there. I think I think the Vikings will be very very good.
1: Okay, now what happens to the quarterback?
0: Well, I hope Does he stays. St- I would Does think he stays. stay? Oh, sure, yeah. he's really a good player, Ron. And okay. I think it's the other thing. I and I, I and I think he knew Zimmer's keeping him kind of under, you know, kind of down, so to speak, and not letting him just break out and do some of the things that they like to do. He, he's very conservative. He wants you to be very conservative on offense, and he, he just got tired of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has a lot of upside, but very efficient. You know, he finished with some top numbers in the NFL. He, he really did, even though the record didn't reflect that. But Ron, got, okay, go
0: ahead. You know, when we worked at Fox, you and I did his very first game against Cleveland. Against Cleveland. And was, yes, and I was blown away by that. By him in that game yeah was, I remember that played so well and my opinion of him's never changed I think he's an exceptional player
1: <laughs> I, I remember that wow yeah yeah okay so uh you know you've, you've got Thielen there um you know you've got Jefferson you know you've got some weapons there you got to run game and cook and they've always been able to make things work defensively so that'll be the flip side of that one but yeah I, I kind of like this move I want to see where this where this goes uh, the saints, Dennis Allen, he replaces, uh, Sean Payton, you know, his, his, his boss basically. Cause Allen was a defensive coordinator down there. So, uh, what do you think?
0: Well, I, I just assumed that was going to happen when Sean stepped away. Yeah. I assumed that that's what they would do just to elevate him. Um, I'm not sure why Mickey Loomis didn't do that. Um, but nonetheless, he knew that was going to happen. I, he, He is so strong on that team down there. Players really like him. They love him there in town. The organization loves the guy. He's done really well as a defensive coordinator. It was natural. Now, Pete, I guess, is going to stay, but not as the offensive coordinator. Pete Carmichael.
1: Carmichael, right. Yeah, I think
0: he's going to stay, from what I understand, and he just stepped down from the coordinator's job.
1: Now, where does...
0: He's another favorite, by the way, down there. They love him down there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, now what happens... To um, Peyton.
0: Take a year off. Yeah. Do some TV.
1: Maybe do join us on our podcast every week.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he'll do some TV, but I yeah. think at this point, you know, he's he's more or less a newlywed. He'll take some time off. And he just built a place up in Idaho. And uh, I think that uh, you know, he said he told me when he's down there, he looked forward to spending some more time up there. And yeah. You know, you, you go so hard for so long in a job like that. You got to come up for air. And I think that's what he's doing.
1: Boy, Mike, I love how dialed in you are, man. You know about this place up in Idaho. You probably know what his tax rolls are up there per foot, <laughs> per square foot, man. I love it's, that. Yeah. yeah, with
0: his camera, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, he's got that Monopoly money. He doesn't he That difference. Monopoly money. So makes yeah. no difference
1: with the taxes. Are oh, man. And the last coaching change is Brian Dayball. Dayball, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Boy, I've got a lot of questions about the Buffalo staff right now, defensively, I, I don't offensively, often. coming after that last game against Kansas City. Yeah, I don't. I don't know uh, that this
0: is a good choice for the Giants. Mm, mm. I'm I not just, a big Brian Dayball fan, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah. This uh, that that Buffalo team was as tuned up, talent wise. Energy-wise, as any team I've seen in the NFL, and I, 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 I think I said at one point during the season. I still believe this to a degree. A Buffalo Rams Super Bowl would have been high energy. That would have been a lot of fun. Uh, but coming toward down toward the end, just some weird things happen in, in that Kansas City game. And uh, well, I think offensively, coach- I didn't understand what they were doing in offense, but I didn't either.
0: I, I, just, I think it was coaching. I think he screwed hmm. it up. I think when you go back and look at Buffalo, when they played the Steelers, not a very good team. Steelers beat them. I, and there were four games like that during the season. I'm watching offense. There's just no rhythm. i just trying to figure out what he's trying to accomplish, you know, yeah. what he's doing. And you win the fourth quarter, and you decided you can establish a run in the AFC championship game. Somebody needs to have his head examined, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got arguably the best quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. I mean, just having a lights-out year.
0: Yeah, and then you put in the oh. last minute or two and he throws three touchdowns. You know, why weren't you doing that to be in the fourth quarter? And wow. he just got stubborn there in the fourth quarter and had three series where he just handed the ball off.
1: Yeah, I know that the uh, tradition in Buffalo is a jump on tables pregame. Well, they had people jumping on tables for other reasons after that debacle.
0: So that's why I have a hard time with him. I just don't think his judgment uh, as a play caller, maybe it's different than as a head coach. I don't know. I am just not sold on the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's go. Let's go back to this Super Bowl now. And I'm gonna start with the Rams. And I, I want you to take me through your two-week preparation. Okay. You got two weeks to get ready for this game. So we're gonna pretend this is last week. What, what's the first thing you do coming back off an emotional, wonderful win in your own home stadium? Mike, you you've been there. Hell, I did the trophy ceremony for for you, a couple times there, in, in St. Louis, what do you, what's the first thing you do on Monday morning? And tell me how you plan out the week. How do you how do you you you'd go about it with your coaches, and then on with the players?
0: You know, the Super Bowls I was involved with, there they were not two weeks; they were just one week.
1: The one that was one week. Yeah, you're so right. Both Cause of, because both of nine 11.
0: Well, both of them were. The first one was two. So yeah, we only yeah. had one week to prepare for both of them. So it was just a madhouse.
1: Mike, why was the first one? The first one, this is the one against Tennessee, right? Yeah. Now why was that only a one week? Was that the 9-11 one? Yeah, that no, no, no you won that. No, one that was, yeah. I How don't was know it? why. I just don't I don't know why. What happened there? I can't remember there, what happened. there was a couple of them before
0: that were one week too. I don't know whether there's a conflict TV wise with something else, or you know, maybe the Olympics or something like that were then. I don't know. I really don't know, but we were one week. If I had two weeks, I most definitely would get them dialed in with uh, – you review the game from the last game, make your corrections. And I'd give them a couple days to let their bodies recover from the season. Yeah, You know what I mean? And then uh, take those three days. And then on Thursday and Friday, I'd have a Wednesday-Thursday practice Yeah, with the game plan. So that gives the staff three or four days to get ready. And not finish it up, but do that and then do, repeat the same practices the next week with your – then your Friday practice too.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's how
0: I do it. But I, I think there's about a three- or four-day window in there where I just give them a break there and let them recover physically. And the same time, the coaches have three extra days to go over all their information, South Scout, and then look at your opponent and look at the tendencies and some of the things you can do.
1: Yeah. Now the second one you guys played in, that was, I remember that was a short week because of nine 11. Yeah. And I think a, a week was either canceled in there some point or, or you know, somewhere in the season, they had to um, uh, adjust the schedule forward, but everyone went right from the NFC championship game in St. Louis straight down to New Orleans.
0: Yeah, we did it both times. Yeah. We went on Monday. We were on a plane to New- uh, the, the, the head coach goes down Monday, but, All the players and wives, they leave on Monday. They're down there. Yeah. The coaches, we didn't go down until Tuesday night at midnight. So we spent Monday and Tuesday, those two days, game planning. And then we went down and had practice, met with the players Wednesday morning, practice Wednesday, same thing on Thursday. Friday did our our goal line uh, red zone stuff and then played.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. You know, that was our, week. our our red zone stuff and goal line stuff was always done in the stadium and both times you know obviously Tennessee and the Patriots had full knowledge of what we're doing but we can't what else can you do?
1: Yeah no <laughs> you never know where there's a camera <laughs> no question <laughs> uh so are you a fan of this home thing okay so we've seen Tampa Bay do it they had their home stadium super bowl you're in your own. I know all the obvious reasons for it, Mike. But what are some of the other benefits of it? I mean, obviously, you're in your home stadium. You're in your own meeting room. All of that stuff.
0: Is there any That's, negative to it? Yeah, I think I think the only real negative is it can become a real distraction to your players because especially in LA where there's just so much adulation for them right now, just keeping them focused. Yeah, um, and I think too that he'll, you know. He's such a he has such a good way about him. Talking about McVeigh, he'll he'll dial them in. He'll keep he'll keep their attention dialed in. Yeah. I don't think I worry I, with him. I wouldn't worry
1: about that because he's so on
0: top of everything, you know.
1: Yeah. Now you brought that up before. He's done a good job of that all season long. Uh, okay, so Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I think it is, it is, is embracing this. We're the underdog. We're the people that you don't believe in you say we can't that makes us more uh you know more motivated to do it i think they're embracing that that culture that role sure i mean everybody
0: would that's you know nobody thinks they are gonna win that's you know poor me you know they'll go out there and and they'll play with with reckless abandon they will
1: yeah yeah both teams like i said. I'm looking at a note here, both teams overcame double-digit deficits to win the conference championship game. The Rams at one point trailed 17-7, beat the 49ers by three. The Bengals trailed 21-3 and beat the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime. That's that 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 lead where we thought at one point the Chiefs were just going to blow them out of the stadium.
0: I still, to this day, don't understand what happened to Mahomes in the second half of that
1: game. Yeah, I, I don't either how oh, he to... could
0: hold the ball, miss so many throws. Yeah. yeah. It was just so unlike him, you know?
1: Yeah. What is the biggest danger for each quarterback in a game like this? What's the worst thing that can happen, and what's the best thing that can happen? Well, they right the both
0: so doggone nervous. They're going to overthrow guys that are wide open. You saw that in the championship game. Yep. They'll just miss guys that they normally wouldn't miss. Yeah. And that's why, you know, with Kurt. What we did, we opened up with a slant right away. You can't miss that. And, he, of course, he got tipped. He got batted away.
1: <laughs> what do you say you can't miss that?
0: He can't <laughs> miss a slant
1: now. And he, then he got he, tipped.
0: He, he got batted uh, away. So I was going to give him something real easy. We shifted to a formation that put Marshall on the linebacker one-on-one.
1: Oh, and he Lord. caught
0: that ball. He might have gone
1: 60 with it. Oh, Lord. And a DN or somebody or tackle. Yeah, DN tipped it, didn't he? Or was so
0: nervous. He <laughs> took He took three steps but he only went about this far when it's three steps he didn't get away from the line at all you know and and a slant is the three-step drop for a slant is different than for a hitch a hitch because you're throwing it all the way outside it's a quick three because you gotta throw it a long way that says we call a stretch three on a slant where your your steps are bigger because you it's going to be over some hands there so you want to get away a little bit you know and he he just quickened it up a little too quick
1: yeah yeah but the Burrow kid seems so silky, smooth, and cool. I haven't seen a guy this cool in a long time. Somebody said – I can't remember what it was. Somebody said he's Joe Namath. Like Yeah, no, dead? that's been
0: talked about a lot. He, the yeah. thing about him is he's been in this kind of game before. Yeah. Yeah, national, national championship. championship you know, he's yeah. He's been there. You know, he's had all the glitz and glamour. He's had all that attention on him and all that stuff before. You know, he's he's weathered through that. You know, and, yeah. and come through it and play exceptionally well. So I think he's gonna play the game of his life. I really do. Now, Stafford on the other hand, remember he's when he doesn't play well, they don't win. That's if true. Plays, if he just plays okay, they don't win.
1: That's interesting. He's gotta he's gotta play well. Yes, Not really just well. okay. Well, yeah. yeah, and and again, now you know, last week kid for the 49ers tart dropped a big interception and i don't know if the 49ers would have would have won the game but boy that that would have made it a lot harder on the rams and now you can't you're not going to get away with that in this game and
0: that throw that catches was up to just, you. that throw that was, was a
1: bad deal
0: i was, was bad under bad by 10 deal. yards you know and i just think under pressure he's not very good yeah burrow under pressure is exceptional
1: yeah yeah
0: he gets staffer gets guys around his feet he is panicking just jerks the ball out there a little bit and that's yeah. something he's got to
1: work through yeah now defensively you know cincinnati's got a couple guys their secondary isn't bad i like i like their secondary they've got some guys that can find the ball back there i like the, you know, they'll, the yeah. safety yeah yeah they'll they'll get beat on some things now they'll they'll in the perimeter and the corner wise they'll get beat on some things but Hey, that, that's part of the game, and you're playing against world class athletes, you know. And then they've got a guy in Trey Hendrickson that will that will rush the quarterback, and a couple, couple big, big, fat ones inside, as we say, that will you know they can stop up the run a little bit too.
0: Yeah, you need a couple of belly bumpers like that, you know, belly bumpers, and that's something that of course the Rams had that Robinson Gaines inside, and so if you put um, Donald Gaines and Robinson inside, and then put the two Russians outside. You know, that front five would destroy that offensive line, I think.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. And now, now here's something for people to watch. You know, that being said, watch this game very closely early. Because if Cincinnati finds a way to neutralize the Rams' pass rush and or Eric uh, Aaron Donald, whether they do it by – Getting out to a lead, you know whether they do it by field position, whatever it is, this game could change because that's exactly how the Bengals got to this point. well, yeah,
0: and the Rams are are not nearly as good playing from behind they just haven't been now they no, did
1: they're not that in team. the playoffs,
0: but they're just not built like that. I think the I do think that what they'll do and just like they did in the uh, against Kansas City, they'll try to get the ball out real quick, yeah. Cincinnati will get the ball out real quick and try and neutralize that to some extent. You know, if they're going to play a lot of the man, then I think Cincinnati is going to have a big day.
1: Yeah, yeah. How does uh, how does each coach handle the Super Bowl pressure? I I know how McBay's is going to handle it. This is a second time through, so he he's going to know what oh, to I, do and not to do. I think you know. I wondered that about
0: myself. I think it's all you're looking at everything standing on the sideline. You're out there for 30 minutes instead of 10 minutes on the sideline. So you're wandering around and the ball gets kicked off and boom. It's just like you're the opener of the season. You know, just, you just, everything is just, you don't hear anything. You don't see anything but the game. Yeah.
1: what my, my, What's the most nerve-wracking part of a Super Bowl? Standing on the sideline waiting for the kickoff. <laughs> Is it before having, or after the national and ha- anthem?
0: And then having to listen to so many different awful renditions of the national anthem, oh, you know. Oh, that's bad. I've been through a couple that I really butchered it. <laughs> I didn't even recognize it, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. you could you could yeah, really hear that, huh? Yeah, as, oh, as you're yeah. as you're getting ready for the game, well,
0: I'm, I'm sitting there watching and listening. to Some of them they get these they get this jazz thing to them, you know. It didn't even sound like the national anthem.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: we had a guy at the Rams uh he's in the Navy and he could flat he could flat sing buddy and he had such a strong, strong, great voice when he sang the fans there really went nuts.
1: I know who you're talking about, uh Bryce. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah Bryce. Yeah,
1: is, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Okay, he, he just linebacker. Out. Yeah. Yeah, he,
0: he just knocked it out of the park.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that. He was a navy guy. Did his commitment during the off season yeah. or something worked at man that was yeah, he that was impressive. He killed it. Yeah, he yeah. killed it. Yeah, uh, how, how's how's this? Well, Zach Taylor, you know, former Ram staff coach. Um, you know, how's he going to handle this one? This is his first, or this is his first as a head coach, I should say.
0: Well, I think he'll he'll do fine with it. You know, just like in the the nerve wracking deals trying to get into to me to get into the Super Bowl, winning the NFC Championship game, and oh,
1: really? he did a
0: great job with that. And he, I think that prepares you for this. It really does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's You say that's more nerve-wracking than the game. It itself. was for me.
0: You know, I said that to Madden. He ridiculed me on, on TV about that comment. But it, the Super Bowl, you know, you, you, everybody that is lined up to play the Super Bowl, you don't need to give them a pep talk. I promise you. You know? Right. Um the NFC Championship game, getting there is such a big deal. It's so hard to get there. So when you're there, you just try and take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me your picks here as we uh, as we wrap this thing up. What do you like? Who do you like?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think the Rams are just so overwhelming talent wise, which is probably why Cincinnati will win you know
1: <laughs> what'd you say Rams yeah. are so overwhelming talent wise this is why Cincinnati will win yeah
0: I think that kind of has a tendency I I, I think the big deal is is of course the matchups and the big matchup uh-huh. is that defensive front for the Rams and the offensive line for Cincinnati yeah I think what, what Cincinnati will have to do is you know and of course last week they did fine with it Yeah, you know, but they'll use a tight end inside to chip in the block and they'll keep six guys in the block they'll chip the back on the way out and you know, those things. They just – I do think, though, it depends on how creative the Rams are with their defensive front. If they line up and play down four, yeah, I don't – it's going to be a heck of a
1: game then. So I'm looking at this Cincinnati offensive line. They've got one first-round pick, and he's the left tackle, Jonah Williams. Then you've got Quentin Spain, left guard, right guard, uh, Hakeem Adinji – a six round pick and a free agent. Spain is a free agent. Your center, Trey Hopkins, is a free agent brought in 2014. And your right tackle, Isaiah Prince, picked up on waivers from Miami. And I'm trying to remember what game it was. Uh, must have been the Raider game.
0: Yeah. They, Mike, they were, beat him up.
1: Oh, my God. And they didn't help
0: him. They didn't help him. It looked so like there might be a fight in the locker room to line up against him.
1: it it looked like guys were playing duck, duck, goose. Yeah. You know, it just, they were just, oh man. It was unbelievable.
0: I think what they'll do and they'll expect Chase to bring coverage from uh, Ramsey. I'm sure Ramsey will flop over on Chase, but it's a little, it's kind of hanging it out there a little bit. Let him move Donald around and find the weakest link in that offensive line just let him wear him out.
1: Yeah, and to your point, they are starting to move people around a little bit more. They're moving Donald around a little bit more, and they're running running a couple more games. You've been saying that yes. since midseason. They need to I start think, running stunts think, and twists and loops and things like that.
0: And Gaines is a shade on the center. He'll kill that center. It just The center's not a very big guy. Yeah. He's not a very yeah. strong guy. So. But they did well last week. They really did. I think they only gave up a sack, didn't they, last week?
1: <laughs> yeah, they did better. They they did a lot better, but that's the quarterback. You know, the quarterback right. is just so efficient.
0: So it really kind of comes down to what they do and how they approach it. They What they yeah. can't do is end, end up with a lot of deep drop stuff unless it's a hard play action kind of a deal. Yeah. They got to run at those ends. They have to. You got to run power football at those ends. I'll you tell you what. Them- Make them play football, yeah.
1: Make them play football. I'll tell you what and give them problems now if the the Rams, as you say, going back to this team, if they get impatient. T. Higgins has burned every team he's played against in the playoffs one or two times with something.
0: Well, that's why I say Cam Akers and T. Higgins are the two, to me, are the two uh, whole cards, so to speak, in this game. Those two guys are the X factors in in terms of winning a game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: think each team needs to have that their particular player have a great game. Acres got to have a great game, and T Higgins have a great game.
1: And I don't think uh, C.J. Azuma is going to make it. I no, don't think, I don't think he's going to be. You know, they. You know, no,
0: but I know, but on the other side of Ramsey, they won't hold up against Higgins. In his no,
1: play. no, no, that's right. That that's what. See, there's a weakness in the Rams that gets covered up by that front seven, and particularly the the work of Aaron Donald, they've got some holes in that secondary. And I think Eric Weddle came in there and Eric Weddle um, has stabilized the ship from a communication standpoint. Remember how much bickering was going on back there? Well, they couldn't,
0: they couldn't adjust any formations.
1: They couldn't, they couldn't adjust. You're right. And guys throwing punches at each other. Now, if that, if, if the Rams get stunned early to your point about the star factor, that's going to work against them. That could be a problem. I just think it's
0: too important to him. It's like Don Latina, the NFC Championship. He, he he pulled the defense together and talked to him. Then he makes the play. Yeah. You know, so he backed him his words up. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's, watching it, it's such a weird team to watch because if the quarterback's not playing well defensively, they don't play very well. If they play well, the defense plays lights out. Have you, have you noticed that? I noticed
1: oh. that. No, I noticed that as soon as they see, it's almost like they're watching to see, well, what's this guy going to do to us today? Are you going to run this that's offense? That. Seriously, that's what, because as soon as you let them go down the field and get 10 points, you might as well just walk out of the building because that defense is going to destroy you. But if they're behind 10 and or or seven and the quarterback's looking sketchy, they'll they'll take a knee. I've seen it.
0: I do think that if Cincinnati will formation them, it'll make it hard for them.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. This is why they play it. should should be a good one. Uh, we left out N- Nathaniel Hackett uh, going to Denver, coming from Green Bay as EOC. So he's mm-hmm. uh, he's going there to Denver, and uh, they, they say goodbye to, to Fangio. And, boy, the Bronco organization, my goodness. You know, we've got some some podcast listeners out there. Our man Keenan, I want to throw a shout out to him. I know he's a big Bronco fan. But, boy, they've got to get their organization right up top. You know, they went through this, the, the the legal issues and then the sale or no sale of the team and the family members bickering back and forth. So they, they've they got it. It starts up there and then works itself down to the bottom.
0: I just don't know enough about him to know whether he's any good or not, to be honest with you, because yeah. I don't. I think LeFleur had a lot to do with the play selection there, so. who knows you know who knows they they identify him because he stand behind him and you know all that stuff who knows how you know they're gonna find out
1: yeah they got they got some talent in a couple places but uh they've gotta they're gonna have to figure it out i think they gotta get the quarterback thing figured out too that doesn't seem like it's it's solidified in, in any one way or shape or form so
0: so ron i want the rams to win i really do I got a feeling that Cincinnati is going to
1: beat. Them. Oh, I don't like... Man, your feelings, Mike. Boy, every time you have a feeling, it usually happens.
0: It kind of happens. You know, remember when we were doing those games together at Fox? Yeah. We did those eight games, and we had this discussion for every game? I was 8-0 in the predictions. <laughs> so the director, did you see that the director... He would go bad after the fourth one. He he waited for it, and he was out of there and he was letting him. Yeah, I
1: know that. Remember that? Right. I he wants to. See, he but I oh, gosh. Them. Yeah, those guys, man. Yeah, I was wondering why guys kept asking this question. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's a telecast. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what anything can happen. No, no, no. I need to know. I need to. Well, why do you need to know so bad? <laughs> you don't have your mortgage on this game. Well, do you? I was
0: pretty firm in the conviction that they were going to win, you know. Yeah, I right. think I think T Higgins is just going to get off. I think he's going to have the whole game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I tend to agree with that. However, I would be I would be shocked if the Rams lose this because this is an NFL <laughs> dream come true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know th- these make and dreams I'd- come true too. That money and boy, I just it just seems like the Hollywood script is already written. You know, I'm, I'm looking out the window here. It's 75 degrees. You know, every star on the planet is here. They had the championship game here. Now the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. It's just, I, I'm, I'm going to cry here. It's, it's just so, you know, perfect. Like I but said, we'll I see. want them
0: to win. I really do want to win. I think my base done a great job. But, yeah, but as but, you say, though, that yeah, this, this
1: game is say And like, like, you know, Dad used to always say, now, remember, that team on the other side is here for a reason. They yeah. didn't just take a wrong turn, you know, <laughs> and get off in the wrong exit. They're not the senators, <laughs> They're right? They're yeah. not the Washington right. senators. No, no, you know, right. They're here for a reason. So. Yeah. All right, Mike. We'll see, man. We'll, uh, we'll be back here next week to chop it all up and uh, explain what happened to who and how it happened. Okay, Ryan. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Okay. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Well, let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Be sure to join us next Tuesday for a new episode as we recap Super Bowl 56. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. So long, everybody. Run It Again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz is a
0: Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast production, executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ed Maloney, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Run It Again Podcast.